Okay, I'm looking at, I, I pretty much know everybody, just about. And I met you this morning. God bless you. So glad you're here. And she came on a train. I, I, it was really, really cool. Um, I've, I've not been on a train ride that long. I, I, I think that's really neat. That's really neat. I, I was looking around like that to see if there was any, anybody I hadn't known because, um, you know, we're going to be doing some family business this morning. And I'm not talking about just the pastor's appreciation stuff. And, and I'm, I'm humbled by all of that because I, I, I don't really know what all's happening with the pastor's appreciation stuff this morning. But I know there's a bunch of stuff and I already just, just feel so humbled by it and so blessed um, by it. But this morning, when I say family business, um, this, this local body, the Connection Church, I, I believe we're a family. I, I really do. And it may not function exactly like a family at your house, you know, like when you grew up or whatever it may be. And it, not, it may not be as much time spent with one another as like when you're growing up in a house. But I just feel that love for each of you. And I, I just feel like we're family. And yesterday as I was preparing my notes, thank you, Jesus. As I was preparing my notes, God began to speak to me about this morning. What time is it? Okay. And um, I just feel like we're going to do some prayer this morning. But then the Lord started, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what all it was. And as I was sitting backstage here, I, uh, getting the mic on and getting all ready, I began to ask the Lord about that yesterday, that encounter I had yesterday. And I believe he showed me what we're going to do. And and in church, I just want you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit this morning. Can we do that today? Because, you know, we're, we're, in, a, we're in a different time. We're in a different time in our world. It, it, our world's different than what it used to be. But the church is turning a corner. I believe that. I believe the church, and I'm not talking about just in America. I believe around the world. And what I see in different countries, I believe I was speaking with you this morning about that, how God was doing, is doing things in different places. And my desire is to see God pour out his spirit in a mighty way in America. To pour out his spirit on the church. See, this morning I want to talk to you a little bit about the importance of the church. And when I begin to think about the church, see, I know there's a lot of problems and there's a lot of issues and there's a lot of things that we see that's wrong in the church. But I love the church. I love the church. I love the church, the body of Christ as a whole, and I love our local body. I love the church. And I refuse to give up on the church because I know God hasn't given up on us. Despite how that many times we miss it or we get it wrong or the church in America may get it wrong or there's this preacher or that thing or this thing going on here that they're just, you know, they're not really in tune with the Holy Spirit and it's a show or this or that or whatever. Despite all that, God has not given up on the church. And I refuse to give up on the church that I love. I can't imagine not being a part of the church. Hallelujah. Let's pray for a moment, Father, this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, Lord, we just open up our hearts and our minds to receive from you today what you have. Holy Spirit, I thank you, Lord. You just take control this morning. 
Lord, may it be your words and not mine or anyone else's this morning. We just dedicate this time to you, Father God. Lord, we think we can have a good time in you, but Father, Lord, also there's a seriousness this morning, Lord, that you would just touch those that need touched this morning. Lord, I thank you for miracles taking place even this morning, even right now. Father God, miracles taking forth in the church of America. Lord, in our country, Lord, we need miracles. Lord, that you would shine bright in our country, Father God. In Jesus' name, through us, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. In the third chapter of Timothy, Paul is writing to Timothy and he's outlining these qualifications for leadership. He's talking about bishops and then he's talking about deacons and he's talking about the qualifications in that. And then he gets down to the last three verses in chapter three of Timothy. And he says this because this is really, really good because there's these gems in these last three verses that I believe that are it's very profound and it's powerful. And he says this in verse 14, Paul says to Timothy, these things I write unto you, Timothy, I write these to you, though I hope to come to you shortly, but if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. So Paul starts off, he's saying, look, I'm coming. He's writing to Timothy because he's leaving Timothy in charge of the church's Ephesus. And he's saying, I'm coming. But if I'm delayed, I've told you all this so that you'll know what to do. So you'll know how to handle business. So you'll know how to handle things. How to handle things where? In the house of God. And that phrase right there is important because he doesn't, and he doesn't just leave it there. He says, which is, and he's describing the house of God, the church mm, of the living God. Now, see, the thing is, is when we see certain verses and certain things in scripture sometimes we can just pass over things and I'm I I do that and I've read this before but there's some things that jumped out at to me this time when I read this and I thought this is good this is really really good because see last weekend brother Peter came in and he was ministering and he said he's bringing the church into alignment that there's a reset taking place. God is going to be doing something new in the church. And my, my, my spirit bears witness with that. It really does. And so when I begin to look at these verses, in light of everything we heard last weekend, it just took on a new meaning. There was something just a little bit more. But see, in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, Paul is saying that the house of God is the church. That's what he's saying. The house of God is the church. Now understand this. That the word church here is not talking about a building. And we know this because we we know that we are the church. Now this word, the first time this word church showed up in any sort of Greek manuscripts, it was outside of the the Bible that we have here. And it was showed up in, in Athens uh, about the Athenian people who came together for a solemn assembly that certain ones were called out. 
certain ones. It wasn't everybody. It was just certain ones that were called out in that community there in Athens to come together for this assembly. And it was used to, for the citizens, these certain citizens, to come together to discuss civil matters. And so to be called out to come and be a part of this assembly, be a part of this, this, this Greek word that was used, the church, okay? Ekklesia or however you say it, right? So these people that come together, to be called out to be a part of this prestigious group was an honor. It was an honor. And so what Paul is saying here is that we are of the house of God, which is the church, the called out ones, the ones that are called out. Not everybody's called out. Just those who accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And they're called for a purpose. They're called for something. And we're called out. As the church, we're called out. And it's an honor to be a part of the church. That's what he was saying right here. Just like it was an honor for these people in Athens to be called out to come together to discuss these civil matters. Think of like, you know, some board of directors or whatever it may be for the county, you know, kind of thing. They're coming together and not everybody got to be a part of that for making decisions, okay, and being there. What Paul was saying, it's an honor to be called out by God and to be a part of the church, Mm. So the local church is a body of individuals who have been called out, called forth, and gathered for the purposes of God. Not just so we can get together and have a good time. Now that's good. I like having a good time. But we're called for the purposes of God. And see, that's important. Very, very important. Now, see, despite what was going on, see, the other thing is, is we have to set this up just a little bit. Because, see, in the first century, when Paul was writing to Timothy, there was some really bad stuff going on. The church was being highly persecuted. There was all kinds of things happening. And so Paul, even so, that Paul, when he started off in 1 Timothy, he said, grace, mercy, and peace to you. Not just grace and peace like he normally did. He threw in mercy. Why? Because Timothy was overwhelmed with what was going on and the responsibility that he had because people were leaving the church. They were scared to gather. They were scared because of the persecution and the things that were going on. So he said, you got mercy. I'm saying that right now. And when, see, when Paul spoke it out, he was speaking it prophetically. He was speaking it out and saying, grace mercy and peace to you and it was something that he spoke into his life on ink on the paper to him he spoke it to him our words church our words have creative power and Paul spoke this and he said you've got this and now he's saying you're leading this church that's been called out for a purpose Despite everything that's going on, I don't expect my church to be silent. 
to go hide. I don't care what's happening and what's going on. I've called you for a purpose. It's to be that light, that city set on a hill. I don't care what's happening in the persecution. I will be with you because I've given you grace, mercy, and peace despite what all's happening. And you can step out and be ambassadors for me. It doesn't matter. Now, Paul further cements this by saying this. The pillar and ground of truth. We are the church of the living God. I don't serve a dead God. It's a living God. The pillar and ground of truth. Now see, the pillar and the ground, the ground's the foundation. And see, the pillar and the ground or the foundation of the church is truth. Who is the truth? Jesus. It's Jesus. And see, the church is to hold up the truth. Just like a pillar. You know, you've seen a pillar in front of a building and the pillar standing out front, holding up. Just holding up. So that nothing, so it won't collapse you. So you can come under that pillar and you know. And you have an assurance that the roof's going to fall. You know, when you see a pillar, I don't know about you. When I walk by a pillar in a building or somewhere, I, I feel good. Because that means there's a support system holding that roof up. I'm okay with it. I like it. And see, that's what the church is to do. Is to hold, it's a pillar of truth. We're to hold up Jesus so other people will see it because he is the truth. I, I mean, that, that's exciting. And so see, these are not just words that, just you, that you pass over. There's meaning to this. And it's so good. Because it's the church. It's an honor to gather together for the purposes of God. And what is our purpose? Church, we are to hold up the truth, Jesus Christ. Wherever we are, because the church is in a building, it's us. We are the house of God. And wherever we go, we are to hold up that pillar of truth. It's kind of like someone said, hey, how you doing? Man, you look good. You got a smile. Yep, I'm holding up the truth. I'm a pillar. <laughs> you know? Now, maybe we don't say it like that. Say, yeah, right. We don't say it. That's right. We, we don't say that like that. But we know who we are. And not only do we know who we are, we know what our purpose is. And our purpose is to be a pillar and hold up the truth so others can see it. Is your light shining? Is it shining? Amen. Mm, that's good. Matthew Poole, he's a commentary, he's, his commentator, he says this, Pillars also were used of ancient use to fasten upon them any public edicts which princes or courts would have published and expose them to the view of all. Hence, the church is called the pillar and basis or seal of truth because by it the truths of God are published, supported, and defended. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't care what anybody thinks of me. I will be a fool for Christ. It does not matter. I will hold up that seal. Just like those pillars, they would put those seals and those edicts out there of the truths and the things that were changing in the community. 
I am sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. And I am and I will by the Holy Spirit hold up the truth which is Jesus Christ unashamedly. Amen. That's good church. That's good church. Verse 16 again. And without controversy... (laughs) there's all this persecution going on. There's all this thing going on. The church was definitely controversial. But what was Paul saying? It shouldn't be. There should be no controversy. Jesus is God. He is the truth, the way, and the life. That should be fact. And it's not controversial. Not in my mind. Amen? Amen? And that should be our attitude about it, which is why he says the mystery of godliness. What does he say that for? And without contrary, great is the mystery of godliness. Notice there's a colon right there, and he explains it. Because, see, the mystery of godliness is the incarnation. God incarnate in Christ. God manifested in the flesh. Paul is saying that Christ is God revealed in human flesh. And as such, he is the only Savior. Amen? So what is he saying here? After the colon, let's look at it. Verse 16. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen by angels. The angels are looking and seeing what's going on. Preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. That is so, so good. Look at this statement here. The church is vitally important to the master plan of God because it's the church that reveals Christ to the world. We have a mystery. We have, it has been revealed. We know what the mystery is. It's God being revealed through Jesus Christ. We have that mystery. We know what it is. You know how there are so many people in this world who do not understand why they're here. They don't know their purpose. They're walking around. They have no head. They're headless. They do not have Jesus in charge of their life. They have not been able to give that over to God. And we have the answer to what they're always contemplating, what they always think. How many's ever heard somebody, there must be more than this? How many's ever heard somebody say that? I have. I know. And there is. It's called Jesus, and we know it. And we know it. The household of God. See, some versions will say not just, uh, uh, you know, house. He said the household of God. And what that is, that term views the church as an extended family of God. With God as the head of the household, it mainly focuses on the relationships which should be built among those in the church which should reflect Christ to the world. Stephen J. Cole, he's a pastor, he says this, In America, we tend to be individualistic and goal-oriented, and it affects our view of the church. We tend to see the church as an organization that ought to have clearly defined goals and offer programs in line with those goals to meet our needs. We like efficiency. If people are attracted to our programs, they will come. But isn't it enough just to gather unto Christ as God's household or family? That's really good, and it's profound. It's a different way of thinking. 
Because of how we are in America, we think goal-oriented. We think individualistic instead of as a unit or as a people. We don't think necessarily relationally. We don't think about relationships as much in our life. We don't think about that as being the main thing. Let me give you an example of this. There was a missionary who was in another country, and he was asking a native what the best route was to another town. And he was saying to the native, okay, I need to go to this town over here. What's the best way to get there? And so the missionary responds, and he says, well, there's all kinds of things, ways we can go, all kinds of routes. We could go through the bush and visit some friends along the way, or we could take the coastal route. The sun will be strong, but an old man lives there, and he knows many stories from World War II. If we take the road, we can talk to some members of my wife's family who live on this side of the river. Now, the missionary was getting frustrated until he realized that because he was an American, the idea of best that he had was fast, easiest, efficient. You know, we have our GPSs, and we want to get there the fastest, most efficient way. But this native's idea of best was determined by which relationships you wanted to build. That's how he thought. And so when he said, what's the best way? He thought about all the different paths with the different types of relationships that you could establish on the way. Isn't that something? The mentality and the way that he thought was so different than the way that he thought. And the thing is, is that the church is important. Why? Because God has left it here to reveal his son to the world, even as Jesus revealed the Father when he was on this earth. We do that through our love for one another, through relationship. Amen? As the household of God, the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth, we are the current expressions of Jesus Christ in the world until he comes. That's a staggering job description. It's an important one. Nothing could be of greater importance. And the reason why is that if the church doesn't hold up and be that pillar and hold up and be that foundation for the truth, which is Jesus Christ, then Christ can't be revealed to the world. We can't reflect his glory on the earth. It's so important, the church. This is why I love the church, because we're all part of God's master plan. Now let me talk about our local body for a minute. As a local body of believers of the larger body of Christ, we are to support one another in any way that we can. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, and in this verse, this is the verse just before he talks about giving honor to, you know, your leaders and pastors and those kind of things, which, you know, today is pastor's appreciation. And I was looking at those verses, you know, and I I do that every year. I take a look and I looked at the verses before it and I looked at this verse and I thought this was really good. He says this, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. This is what he was saying to the church. Paul was saying in Thessalonians here, he was saying, Encourage one another. Keep doing that. You know what I like about our church, our local body right here? We encourage one another. Even if we only get to see each other for a few moments, we've got that smile. 
and we encourage one another and we can be there for one another. It's the best way that we can, you know, is to, to encourage one another is, is really to pray, is to pray for one another. To encourage, we use our words and we can talk and we do that, but also it's to pray. Paul, when he said this just before he said to honor leadership, he was saying it to the whole church. He was saying it to everybody. Hallelujah. I mentioned Timothy. In Timothy, he said, Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you. On Thursday, we had a funeral for our dear sister Rita Evans. And it was a hard day, but it was also a good day because we were celebrating her life. And, you know, I learned some things that day. And one of the things that I said, the reason why Paul said grace and mercy and added this word mercy in there was because Timothy was feeling overwhelmed. The circumstances were very great in his life. And he was feeling all pressed in on all sides. And he had been given this responsibility by his spiritual father, Paul. And now he's got to try to fulfill that and do that despite all the persecutions and the things that are going on. And you know, the thing is, is that because he was overwhelmed, Paul spoke into his life, mercy. And you know, this morning I said, you know, we're family. And today, you know, I, backstage God reminded me and I, and I was thinking of Thursday and being there at that funeral. And I was thinking about how many people in front of me were overwhelmed. And I prayed over everyone there, the grace and the mercy and the peace. And the Lord said, we need to do that again this morning. God wants you to be a pillar of truth. But if you're overwhelmed, it's hard to be that pillar. It can be tough. And the scripture says that we are to pray for one another. And so this morning, right where you're at, right there, if you're feeling overwhelmed with something that's going on, I want you just to stand at your spot right where you are. If you, you're just, you're overwhelmed. There's one here. There's another one. Another. Here's some more. You're feeling overwhelmed. Anyone else? You have that overwhelmed. Okay, some more back here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I want us to do is those that are not standing... I want you to look around and find someone who is standing. And I want you to gently go over and lay your hand on someone's shoulder. Every single person that's standing here this morning. And what you're going to do is you're going to speak. And we have some in the back. If you guys could maybe go into the back as well. Some of those that are standing. Thank you, Father. And if you are already standing next to someone else, you can. I want to make sure everyone has a hand on a shoulder. Thank you, Father. Mm. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen right now. 
I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Because, see, we're a body, and we're coming into agreement right now. And we're all praying together. Agreement is the place of power. When I speak this, and when those that are, have their hands on their shoulders, when they speak into your life, God told me this backstage. Listen, hear this. It's going to happen just like that. That's the word God gave. The grace is God's empowerment on your life. We're going to start with grace right now in the name of Jesus. And church, just begin to pray. Pray for these. I speak grace to you, which is God's empowerment that you will be empowered and have strength and have the ability to get through your day, to get not just through your day, but through your week, through your month, through the rest of this year into next year. God will give you that strength and he's going to give you mercy. I speak mercy right now. Creative powers in my words right now. I speak mercy into your life. So that when you're overwhelmed, God will overwhelm you with his mercy right now. In the name of Jesus. And it will manifest itself with strength from on high right now. In Jesus name. And Lord, I speak peace, Lord, that every step they take with the shoes of peace, with those spikes under their shoes, Lord, that every time they speak, they have, every time they take a step, it's a firm footing. They will not stumble, they will not fall, for you have given them your grace, your mercy, and they will be able to walk in peace. And I speak it into your life right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that overwhelms you, Lord, we give it to you and put it at your feast right now. And we receive by faith right now your grace, your mercy, and your peace right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your power, your anointing. In your presence. And now we thank you for it. Just say thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. And Lord we say that all of us as we leave from here. We will be a pillar of truth. We will not be. We will walk in love. We will not walk in hate. We will not walk in judgment of others. We will walk and see others with love. With compassion. We will be able to reach out. And there will be many come to you. Through our testimony. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Lord we give you praise. Glory and honor in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand? Hallelujah. Yes. Glory to your name, Jesus. Lord, you are worthy of all praise. Lord, we receive it now. This week, you hold on to that word. As you begin to feel overwhelmed, say no. In the name of Jesus, I have received his grace. I have received his mercy. And I walk in his peace all the days of my life. You say it out when you start to feel the enemy pressing in or you start to feel overwhelmed. Let that thing rise up within you. I speak it now in the name of Jesus. The victory is yours, but you have to take it every single day. Amen. Amen. Amen.